Hey, darling. Welcome to the She's a Creative podcast. Are you a female creative who wants to own your purpose and dominate your creative business? Then this is the podcast for you. I'm Kay, your host and guide to help you on your way to creative freedom and success. Hey, boo. Hey. So I am super excited because today we are chatting with Latanya Wilkin. She's a business coach with purpose that helps people, organizations, and entrepreneurs reach new heights. She believes in the power of purpose, vulnerability, authentic conversations, and honest feedback. Latanya has over 15 years of experience working with Fortune 100 companies higher education, tech, and consulting firms, and executive leadership teams. Today, we're going to be chatting about transitioning from nine-to-five life to entrepreneurship and how to create value and be authentic to help you become a better business owner. So how are you doing today, LaTanya? I'm great. How about yourself? I'm doing good. Busy body as usual. <laughs> of course. I know. I've been listening to your episodes and yeah, you're, you just keep firing them up. So <sighs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> so let's dig into you because I'm really intrigued by your story and just all of things you've done. So tell us a little bit about yourself and about your story. Yeah. So I, I noticed when you introduced me, you talked a lot about entrepreneurship. You talked about my, my broad experience. So that's me. I've always been introduced. I've always been uh, intrigued by entrepreneurship, and that started as a child. And I did all the typical things kids do when they're when they're trying to make money and do business. We lived across from a golf course, so I collected golf balls. I sold those. I sold other things in the neighborhood, and I always had a I always had a knack for it. I, I always wanted to be uh, have my own business, and so I was that didn't really play out until after I got out of undergrad. So I, I majored in psychology. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. So I, I worked in recruiting and then I, for four years, and then I realized, hey, this is not, this is not going to be fulfilling enough for me. This is not big enough. And so that's when I went back to business school, took a lot of entrepreneurship classes. And then from there, I ended up working uh, at many different Fortune 500 companies, consulting firms, uh, leading talent management. And so uh, back then, talent management was a new field, very innovative, and so these were a lot of new jobs. So that that those that fed my innovation craving quite a bit. And fast forward to today, I, I ended up starting a business and um, just still still working, doing a lot of other different things. And yeah, I've, I'm I'm really getting in the groove of of what this looks like, what this feels like, and not putting a lot of pressure on myself and having a lot of fun and, and just enjoying the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. Yes, that's definitely the truth. The ups and downs of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> definitely a crazy journey. So you started out kind of doing your own thing, like the normal, you know, we all are entrepreneurs when we're kids. And then you went to school for business. What did you do in between um, the business and starting like your entrepreneurship business? So what, what were you doing at that point? Yeah, so... So I, I, when I got out of business school, I, I entered a, a leadership development program, and that's the prototypical job that a, a lot of MBAs do. And then I moved into consulting, so I, I moved management consulting. And then from there, I, I, I was traveling too much. I wanted to get off the road. And so I, I had a series of subsequent roles within Fortune 500 companies and talent management groups. So, so what I would do is plan succession for leaders all over the world. So that was, that was exciting. I, I did that with, uh, with a pretty big pharmaceutical company and a, and a biotech. 
And then I went to a real estate company and, and I led leadership development programs. So I led the programming around that. Um, then from there, I, I, was, I was there for, for a few years and I, I decided that I, I wasn't really sure what was next. I was getting kind of closer to that entrepreneurial craving. And so then um, leading talent management for uh, business school as well. So, so those are some of the things I've, I've done. Um, as of late, I've been more focused on culture, uh, executive coaching, executive development, and um, inclusion. So those have been some of the areas that, that I've, I've, centered, I've zoomed in on since I've had that broad experience. Right, right. Okay, that's super awesome. And, and I wanted to kind of hear about that because I wanted to ask you about your transition into entrepreneurship. So you were doing yeah. all those things. And, and I mean, I, I know you said that you were, um, you know, all the traveling, you wanted to kind of pull back from all that. So like, what was that final push that, you know, allowed you or made you, you know, maybe not made you, but you know, just got you saying like, okay, this is the moment I'm going to make the transition. And like, how was that transition for you? Yeah, so it started the, the first time it, it officially started. So we talked about the whole golf balls thing. So I, I, I did a lot more before I actually started the business and, and called it an LLC and did all that. So I first started just doing consulting for startups. So people would ask me, hey, can you, can you do some consulting for me? Mainly around product development. So something to do with people operations or recruiting. And so they, they kind of come, I'd go in and, and help them develop products, help them anticipate the market. And so th that, was, that, was, that was fun. That was very disparate. So I just was kind of testing it out. Um, I, also did a, I also ran some workshops. So I started running workshops for, for different organizations um, around this kind of stuff, around some of the people's stuff. And, and so, but what really happened when I really made the shift is when I, when I became a coach. So I've been doing coaching throughout my entire career. My mentor, Gwens, um, came to me and said, you need to be a coach. You need to be a real coach. And I'm like, I am a coach. What are you talking about? And she's like, no, you're, like, you're you have to be, you, you need to focus on this. You need to be, you need to look at leadership coaching and executive coaching. You have a really good message. And so, so I, you know, she, she told me that two years later, I went through coach training and then I, that's when I, that really springboarded me into starting my business and starting a coaching business. So I took everything that I had done. I, I slapped it together. And I just called it Latanya Wilkins Coaching. Fast forward a year later, I and then I started another company called the Change Coaches, and that's that's more the corporate component of what I do. So it evolved over time, but it started, like I said, with disparate engagements, and then I got I got serious. I, I niched a little bit more, and now I have these these two companies. Wow, that's amazing. I, I love kind of digging into people's stories, especially since we're going to be talking about that whole transition from like nine to five to entrepreneurship. And it's always so interesting because it's like, so I, I feel like sometimes people don't realize how your experiences help you get to like the next level. But especially as an entrepreneur, like some things that you may feel like may be like a little unrelated or, you know, like, uh, I, I don't know why I'm doing this or I can't figure out what I'm doing. It all comes around full circle when you <laughs> actually make yeah. it to do it so like that's a really um that's really insightful so since you have made this transition and everything and i know that you work with um you know a lot of entrepreneurs and a lot of um you know fortune 500 or fortune 100 companies um what have you noticed is like the biggest um maybe limiting belief for people that are wanting to start a business um while they're still working the nine to five or like when they're actually transitioning like what do you think people are struggling with the most in that 
area? Yeah, you know, that is a great question. And I'm glad you asked that because I, I, there's, there's so many of us that are entrepreneurs and, and there is this big term that gained popularity a few years ago called entrepreneurs. So people said, well, you know, I, I'm an innovator, but I'm not quite an entrepreneur. And it, it was kind of a buffer and it was, it was kind of an excuse. It's, it, I was thinking like, why don't you just go out and do your own thing? And, <laughs> and I think what happens is people have this binary in their head. They're like, either I'm an entrepreneur or I'm a nine to fiver, but there's this gray area. That's the great thing. And like the last five years or, or so, um, there's been this whole side gig economy. And a lot of people are coming out. I mean, there's even articles about this. As, as you know, I'm, a, I'm a, also a learning and development expert. There's been a lot of articles about this on, hey, do a side gig because it actually is going to make you better in your day job, right? So, so what I'm saying here is, is stop thinking of it as a binary and um, just put your thoughts out there. Just, start, just get out there and start a business. It does not have to be perfect. You might, like, like I said, you might start off with something disparate. You might start off sparingly. But at least get out there. It's not a binary. You could still be an entrepreneur, I promise, and have a job, okay? You could still be an entrepreneur and have, like, some sort of main source of income. Actually, a lot of us do that, and that's okay. And so there's all these myths that say, oh, okay, I can't do this. I can't quit my job. But that doesn't mean that you can't start a business. So, so that's the biggest thing I, I think holds people back, and that's sad. And that's, that's one of the things I try to do is educate people and say, Hey, actually, there's so many benefits for entrepreneurship. You know, it, it hedges your career, right? If something were to happen to your full-time job, you, then you might have something to lean back on. It's a good way to build wealth, right? And it's a good way to expand your skill set. Yes, I could not agree more. I, I know there are so many people who, um, like, they, they preach the whole, you need to give your business full time. And it's just like, well, not exactly, because is my business giving me a full time income? Like, why would I leave my job for, you know, something that I'm just now starting? And, and I also, um, there are a, another set of people that I've just recently, like, kind of tapped into and found out about who they love their full time job, but they also, like you said, mm -hmm want to have like just that little buffer of protection just in case something happens or you know maybe they want to pursue another passion but they don't want to give up their day job and so I do you know I think that that definitely is a limiting belief that you have to be one or the other like you don't have to be just an entrepreneur or um, you know just a nine-to-five or you can totally be a blend of the two so that was really like helpful to put that out there for people <laughs> Yeah, you know, and like I said, I, I wish people could, could really hear that because especially when you're thinking about, you know, underrepresented groups in entrepreneurship, like a lot of times we are those people that are in those jobs and, and we're saying, okay, well, I can't do anything else. Well, yeah, you can, you know, and it might take time. And, and then you could, be the, you could be the person that only wants to do your business. And that's fine too. And sometimes you get to a point where that's, that's where you're at. But, but let's, not, let's not have a dichotomy. Let's stop mm -hmm. that, right? Because that's not helping others, like more of us get into this, into um, taking that jump, right? Mm -hmm. um, it's making us like exclude people. And so I know we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but that's, that's what we want to do, right? We want to build better communities. We want to see, see more people empowering themselves, especially women, uh, to, to be able to build wealth in other ways besides just going to work. You're not going to get wealthy that way. Exactly. That that's I couldn't agree more with that. And um and I also think that it's kind of like doing a disservice to say mm -hmm. that you can only do one or the other because it stops people from actually maybe pursuing some kind of entrepreneurship uh or some kind of business because they're kind of they feel like they have to box themselves into being one or the other when it's not actually necessary. So um since we're talking about this binary, like what um 
or how do you think people can find balance when they're in this space? So, you know, let's say that you decide that, okay, I'm going to have a, a business or a side business or whatever. How can people find balance? Because I'm, I'm sure it's, it's not that easy to work your nine to five and also, you know, have a business, even if you start lean or really small. So like, how do you propose people can find some balance in this space? Yeah, it's really hard. It's something that I struggle with and others, like other people I know struggle with. Um, You really just, I I, I guess, and this is going to sound cliche, there's really not a balance. I I think (laughs) what happens is that you, what's, you're going to wake up and you're going to be so passionate about something that you'll do it at all means possible, right? Mm -hmm. All means possible, you're going to get it done. And that's just how it goes. I mean, there's not, you know, when you're, when you're really putting yourself out there, you're putting your, yourself into a business, it really takes all you have. And, and so, yeah, I mean, with, with some of the business coaching I do, I, I do help people figure out how to maneuver it. Um, how, how can they balance it? And it's really just being extremely structured with your schedule, being efficient, you know, having some really good time management systems. Um, but that's really it. I mean, you have to stick to what you say you're going to do. For example, um, I know like for, for me, I mean, you, if you're going to send an email out to your mailing list, you have to do it that night, right? If you're going to say this is the date and time, you got to do it, right? If you're going to post on social media, that's the date and time, you got to do it. So you just got to build some habits so you can be efficient. Otherwise, it's just, it's going to fall apart. Exactly. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, and and I just like how you said, like, you just have to do it. <laughs> um, like, yeah, the, yeah the, the, there is no balance. In my, and even when you're full time, like as a full time entrepreneur, you still have to just do it. Because at that point, it's like, oh, wow, there's no one really telling you what to do or how to do it. So you really have to like be really diligent as far as like your time management and prioritization. So you might as well go ahead and get started when you're <laughs> still exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's another skill that's going to help you everywhere in your life. Like, yes. if you, like, if you have children, if you have family, it helps you there. You know, if you are, like, trying to do other things in your life, like, whatever. If you want a new hobby, all these things, you have to structure your time. Yes, I think, I, I think also, like, as people, we like to complicate things and make it yeah. harder <laughs> than it actually, yeah. like, it really is so simple. Like, how can I find balance? Um, maybe use a calendar? I don't know. Like... <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. And, and I think what people do is that it's, it's getting in the habit of just doing what you say you're going to do. Like, don't get behind. If you get behind, then, then you make it up the next day and don't, don't let it, don't drag it out for weeks and weeks. So then your to-do list is outdated, right? That's what, that's the number one thing I see is that people are, you've got to, you've got to stick to your commitments. If you're going to make this work and, and have, and have a business, then stick to your commitments and, and have, have discipline with your schedule. Yes, I could not agree more. Thank you so much for that. So I want to talk about um, another space that you kind of speak on. So I know you talk a lot about um, like the power of your purpose, um, power of being vulnerable and authentic. Uh, so I was wondering if you could like give us a few tips on how we can leverage like maybe our personal story or um, authentic conversations to help us grow our business. So, so yeah, so it, I mean, what the thing that, that I would say here is that um, a lot of people come to me and they say, oh my gosh, you're so authentic. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And they, they, they go to my Instagram page and they say, you're just real. I mean, you really talk about real things. And I say, yeah, yeah. And so um, 
you know, how do I do that? Well, I mean, it's, it's, I will say it's, it's something I just don't even think about. It's, it's more of a habit and it took me many years to do it. So the first tip I will give in order to use your authenticity for good is just don't overthink about it. So um, one of the things I was told before I really plunged and, and started my business and was that was, I was told that you have to have a niche. Okay. You, you can't do anything without a niche. You have to niche down. You have to have, you know, a perfect elevator pitch. Come on. I mean, you don't, right? <laughs> I mean, you, you're going to start somewhere, right? And one of the things you, we, we have to do with ourselves, especially women, is just be more forgiving. Okay. Just be forgiving. Like there'll be times that I'll, I will be at an event still today, even after running this business for, for a little while now, um, still today, I will, I will go and I will mess up my elevator pitch. Okay. I don't want it to happen all the time and it doesn't happen all the time, but you have to be forgiving and, and just don't overthink. So, so just think about, um, you know, who am I and what, what, do I, what value do I add? And, and don't overthink. Don't try to have all these fluffy words that don't really meet who you are or don't really mesh up with you. The second thing is to think about how your life experiences make you unique, right? And so, you know, I never really thought about this stuff, um, but, you know, there's a lot of things that make me unique. You know, I, I, grew, up, I grew up in a, in a small town. You know, I, I, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I, I had to, I've had a lot of experiences. I'm part of the LGBTQ plus community. I've had a lot of experiences that make me show up differently in the world, right? That force me to show up differently in the world and the relationships that I've made. So just let that show through. Don't try to hide parts of yourself because those are the parts that are going to make people feel like you're authentic and that they're going to make, they're going to make them want to connect with you. So that's, that's the second thing I would say. And the third is just be yourself. And I, like I said, I just talked a lot about, um, you know, a few things about me and, and what makes me me. And um, with being yourself and when you're starting a business or, or you're running a business, um, the, the biggest place you really need to be yourself is during business development, right? So there's all these people out there that are business development gurus and they tell you what to do and, and what works and what doesn't work. But what works for me and what I've seen work for other entrepreneurs that coach is just being yourself right? Meeting up for coffee, talking about what kind of value you can add, um, listening to people, listening to their problems and offering solutions and helping them find solutions to their problems. So those are three tips, but yeah, it's really about just not overthinking and just, just kind of letting things just ride, right? Yes. I mean, I, again, this goes back to how we like to overcomplicate things <laughs> because mm -hmm. You know, like when it comes, like all these tips that you're saying, I'm pretty sure that people have heard it, but I don't think people really hear it. Like yeah. uh, it, it's, it's really about, and, and I love how the first thing you said was don't overthink it, you know? And I, I think so often, like I said, we make things harder than they have to be because we're overthinking it because we're like, it can't possibly be that easy to be authentic or to be vulnerable or to show up. But like, yes, it, it really is that simple. Like it's, it's, it's really mm -hmm actually, like you said, being yourself and using your experiences, um, because that's what makes you unique. Like all of us, I mean, you and I could both go through the same experience, but see it two different ways. Our perspectives are going to be different and that's what makes us unique. So, you know, I think it's, I, I really like that you shared these three tips with us because I mean, it's, it's simple, but I think we overcomplicate it. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we definitely do. We definitely do. It's, it's sitting back, taking a few breaths and just being yourself. Yeah.
Yes, yes. And um, and, I th- and especially when you were saying like a lot of people will say like, oh, I just I love that you're so real. And it's just like, well, why can't you be real as well? Like, <laughs> it's just- I know, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> right. It's like, what am I supposed to do? I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know what the what, what's the default. Right. Isn't that right. Making you ask that question? And so and I don't want to be the default because that's that's what distinguishes me. Yes. And but I think also um, something that I have noticed a lot in the industry um, or just like in the online space is that we have a curated authenticity. So it's like I'm, I'm authentic, but I'm sliding in like something that's not authentic, you know, to make me look better instead of just actually telling it how it is. Um, and so, you know, and, and I think that that's part of us overcomplicating things, overthinking it, like, oh, I have to put my best foot forward at all times. But that's not really real life or being authentic or, or anything like that. So, yeah. So I know you talk about um, having like authentic conversations to grow your business. Um, what kind of or, or how do you suggest we go about having these authentic conversations with people? Yeah. So I would say with your network, just instead of sending them so i i've gotten a lot of different uh i've got i've received a lot of advice around what should you do for business development and some people say hey you should do a blast an email blast to to everybody you know i have a pretty good network and i was i started doing that and i just didn't feel right i didn't feel good about it so so now what i do is i just i have coffee dates so i have coffee dates with different people and and i I learn a little bit more about them. I tell them a little bit about what I'm doing now because everything, you know, things have shifted, right? right. And so I, I, I help them understand what value I could add to their business. You know, I ask for introductions to people, like introductions to people that, uh, from people that I know, that, that know my work and, and know my style. And, and so there's usually a lot of compatibility there. So, so I would say it, it's just really just going out and, and meeting with people, having authentic conversations, being yourself, just telling people exactly what you provide. It's like what you said. I, I don't, I try not to do it in a curated way. And I see what you mean by that because you, you do want it to be, you, you want to, you want it to have that, that corporate zing, right? When you talk about it. or, or right. That <laughs> right, right. But, but that, sometimes when I do that, I lose people, right? Because I was a management consultant and we had this consultant speak. So just go out and, and just, just talk to people. And, you know, business development takes a while, right? And um, if it's not taking a while, you're probably not doing it right. Because mm-hmm. it, it's, the, it's when you're going out and you're, and you're building relationships, uh, that's where you truly get the work that is for you, right? That's for you and for the client. And so, yeah, so that, to sum up, what I would say is, again, is to just make sure that you're, you're being yourself when it comes to business development. If, it, if you don't want to make cold calls, don't. Find other ways that work for you. Yes, I couldn't agree more. And I, I like the idea of um, how you were saying, like, doing the coffee chats, but then also getting introductions. I think mm-hmm. that, like, I, that's something that I just recently started doing where, you know, if I know someone and I'm like, hey, I really want to be connected with this person, and then they make the introduction because it's like, oh, it's, it's like a verified source. Like, okay, if, if Kay is recommending them, then, you know, they, we can have this conversation. And I mean, but it also comes from me building really good relationships with like my clients and, you know, there's other people in the industry that I've met that they'll put me in front of these other people. So, you know, like, I think it's also network building, which I think now with the way social media is today, people are not 
doing it, it's, it's due diligence, I guess, or, or like you said, like it, you're doing it too fast. And so it's not working. Um, so I think we have to like kind of focus on those things. But I mean, honestly, if someone like refers someone to me, like, Hey, Kay, you should connect with this person. I'm more likely to connect with them if we have a relationship um, already. So um, that's an, I think that's a great way to kind of build those um, relationships and just have those like authentic connections with people as well. So I'm glad that you touched on that one. Yeah. I love that. And it's like, yeah, it's like people that you should know anyways, but you just don't. Right. That's how I think exactly. about it, right? It's like, oh yeah, we should know each other. Okay. And then it's so organic. The yes. way the conversation goes. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So you talk about so many things and I just like, I, I'm like, I know you talk about this. I know you talk about that, but I know you talk about this too. Um, <laughs> so I know you talk about diversity and inclusion um, and leadership amongst other things. And so I was wondering, um, have you found it difficult to speak on these topics and, um, you know, like help some of the, I mean, it doesn't even have to be a large company, but helping companies or entrepreneurs like understand the need for um, having these kind of conversations about diversity and inclusion and things like that. Like, how have you found that journey to be in bringing that to the table? Yeah. So, you know, it's funny because I was talking about this with someone the other day and I, I the last thing I wanted to do was diversity. <laughs> right. Oh, wow. Really? Um, well, yeah, because I'm, I'm like walking diversity. Right. So cliche to me. And so, but, but one of the things that I was finding is that there was a message out there that I needed to give and that people needed to hear. So I have not found it difficult because uh, the way my approach works, uh, like like I said, I, I do um, I have a company called the Change Coaches, and I do uh, coaching for uh, change. So that's that's culture change, diversity and inclusion, and any other big large large scale people change. So those are so with that um, with coaching for diversity and inclusion, it's it's a very positive way to do it. It's a very it's a, it's a way that that helps that empowers people that keeps it at the top of their mind. And the way this approach works is that in, in a lot of companies that I've worked for and a lot of organizations, when I see diversity inclusion play out, it's usually, everybody always says, oh, it has to start at the top and you have to set up these emails and you have to have these goals and it's gotta be in everybody's performance reviews. But guess what? That's not working. That hasn't been working, right? And if it is working, then it's contrived. So you might have, where I've seen it work is that you might have more representation, but not necessarily an inclusive culture. And I see this over and over and over again, especially with tech companies spend so much money on this and they still can't get it right. And, and I wrote about this in my, in my white paper. Um, it's on my website and I'll, I'll mention that a little bit later, but, but so, so how do we really do this? So when I talk about this, I talk about it from a coaching perspective. So we all know that culture is all about organizational norms and, and how things occur. And so, I focus more on the, the individuals and the teams and how can, what's getting in their way of being more inclusive, right? Um, instead of having hiring quotas or you know, promotion quotas, what is getting in their way and how can they keep this front and center? And so that's more through a coaching approach. And through a coaching approach, you actually change attitudes and habits, right? And that's something that organizations aren't doing. They're, they're saying, okay, you have to do this. This is what you have to do. But guess when people have to do something, they, they hate it, right? Ooh, they want to do right. the opposite. And so the coaching is, is a way for, for them to have some skin in the game. It's a way for people to not feel scrutinized about this, where they can actually talk about, 
you know, what, why don't they want to do it? Why aren't they doing it? Um, like for, I hear a lot of leaders say, well, there's not, there's not diversity that works in this industry. For example, this is a male dominated industry. So doing some coaching and, and talking with these leaders about this and helping them have a different perspective. Um, and, and it may be the pr perspective may be that, that they need to figure out a different way to, to be inclusive, but th that's not going to come from company directives. Right. I mean, and that makes sense because I, it, <laughs> like you said at the beginning, it's like, you guys, you're saying like, okay, we're going to do this at the top. We're going to put this in the reviews. We're going to, you know, have emails about this, but like, that's clearly not working. So we have to bring some kind of outside approach, which is why I think it's so cool that you bring that coaching aspect to it. Um, so yeah, like I, I love that. And, and so you were, I know a lot of your stuff is like in the tech space. Do you also um, do these kind of, um, or have these kind of conversations with like other industries? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do all kinds of stuff across the board. I've, I've done, I've done them at tech companies and other other kinds of companies, small, mid-size. I'm also I also partner with other organizations and do it with uh, professional services firms. So yes, so it, it's across the board. Mainly, it's it's more the levels I work with. So so typically, when when you're doing culture change or culture work, you want to start with uh, teams, uh, hopefully leadership teams, and then and then go out from there. And so that's, that's really what my sweet spot looks like. Okay. So I would love to know your thoughts about the, this diversity conversation when it comes to the entrepreneurial space, because something that I have noticed um, in, I mean, I haven't been as involved in the entrepreneurial space as maybe some other people have, but something I have noticed is like maybe um, like conferences or maybe like events and things like to me, it seems like they lack um, diversity. Um, and I don't always feel like there is inclusion in these kinds. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, like, if you had any thoughts on this and, like, how can we create more diversity in the entrepreneurial space? It's so funny you ask me that. So I had this exact conversation. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> with, someone, uh, yeah, with someone a couple months ago, and she runs an organization uh, called Bossy Chicago, and it's, uh, it's a women's, it's a women-owned collective, right, of women entrepreneurs. So, so we talked, we were talking about this and what my exact words to her were, you know, either the events are usually when I go, it's, it's all basically white women. And mm -hmm. if not, then it's, it's a, it's an event that's specifically curated for black women or mm -hmm. other women. Right. And so it's like, right. that's, that's what you see, right. It's either this or this. Um, but there's not really events that are diverse. Right. So, so we were talking about that and, um, that's something that we're we're trying to create in Chicago. It's it's like how can we how can we bring together diverse people for for some of these events and these communities? Where are they? Um, I think a lot of people don't go because they know that no one's going to look like them or they're not going to feel included. It's funny when we were having this conversation, this exact same conversation. This person had said that she had been to women's events and she felt excluded because. The women were like, well, if you don't have kids, you can't be in this group, right? Because mm -hmm. it was a mother's group. So how do we, <laughs> so again, we're, we're overthinking and we're hurting ourselves. And I get the niche and trying to make people feel included and we need more inclusive spaces. But I think we've taken that a little too far. And so, so it's about figuring out like where are the commonalities? Like, like for, for a lot of the women I work with, they just want to, they might want 
to just go to an event or in a community and, and say, okay, I'm early stage. I just want to meet people that are early stage, but that are diverse, right? right. Um, but that doesn't really exist. So creating that, um, and it doesn't take much to create it. I mean, you just, you basically can, can partner with other organizations in your local area and then have a couple of events and create a community. And before you know it, it grows really quickly. But those, those communities usually grow organically. So, so we have to create those spaces. I, I know that might not be the answer you want to hear. I'm convinced that there's not, there's not enough out there. there I've just, and I, I will tell you, last week I went to two events and it was everybody there was 90% older white people. And that's just how it goes, right? And so we've got to create the environments that we want to be in. Yes, I couldn't agree more. We have to create the environment we want to be in. And I think something that, um, you know, because I am like moving into a new space and I'm just like, you know, I really want to have diversity. Like, I, I mean, I just, I don't understand the need for things to be like, like how you were saying, like, okay, it's either an event for all black women or, you know, all white women. And I'm the only black girl, like, you know, that's yeah. so awkward. Like, <laughs> it's the most awkward thing in the world. I know, right? And then, yeah. And it's, you know, and it's really, it's almost like lazy, right? It's like the, the, the officers must just get into a groove and I, and I get it. And I, you know, I was thinking about these events last week and it's not their fault that it's, you know, it's older white people. I'm like, okay, some of you are cool, but We've got to, I mean, what, what I think about is, don't you look around and think, wait, there's no one, there's no one different from us. Exactly. Like, how do we create this? So, so how do we get people to think about this more? Again, I think it goes back to like a lot of the diversity stuff we talked about, some of the coaching and just conversations, because they're not, it's a big blind spot for them. Yeah. And they're not seeing what the value, but the value is that you're going to have this amazing community of diverse people, perspectives, businesses, imagine that and how invaluable that is. Different kinds of speakers, you'll probably grow your organization because of it. Yeah, and, and I think that um, there's, it's also important to be intentional. So something that I am doing now is just being more intentional on um, inviting people into the space because, mm -hmm. um, you know, as a black woman, you know, I have I to- I love that, I, I love that, by the way. Say, yeah, like I have to say like, okay, I'm going to intentionally invite people that don't look like me into this space mm -hmm. so that they know mm -hmm. that they're welcome you know yes. at the end of the day like if you don't see anybody else there and if you're not invited why would you come you know like i absolutely it's love that like you were kids <laughs> you know in the lunchroom like you're gonna sit with who looks like you and who you feel like you might have something in common with so you know i think that being intentional is like gonna be like for me i know for sure it's gonna be like the driving force behind like the decisions I make and the people that I, you know, have to speak. Like, I'm sorry, but if I'm hosting a conference or something, there will be diversity in the speakers. Like, because I don't want it to just be an all black girl panel or, you know, like I want there to be diversity because I feel like we can learn from everyone's experience regardless of race or background or whatever. So, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's interesting. I, I love that because but yeah, being intentional and inviting people in. I was having a conversation with one of my uh, fellow coaches. She's like a coach peer, and and uh, she's an older she's an older lawyer. She's a white woman, and and I was saying, hey, you know, we got to create these spaces, and and I was telling her about these diverse spaces and the value, and she's like, oh my gosh, you're gonna change the world, and I'm like, really? Like this is not <laughs> revolutionary thinking, but you know, but that's what it's like, right? I mean, yeah. this is 
that's a testament to where how far we need to go right. with having spaces where people can just collaborate based on what their needs are and not based on you know just their race just their gender just their sexual orientation like all these things like how do we i mean it's really about i need to learn from some of the best business owners i want an awesome community right and so so yeah that's that's my next thing in life is just trying to organically do this and not i mean it, what's neat about me is i don't have to put a lot of thought into it it's just kind of fits right right and, yeah <laughs> that's what i said the diversity thing i'm like i, I want to stay away from that but i'm like okay it's just I guess this is just how it goes, right? This is, the world needs this. Yeah. I mean, I couldn't agree more. I, and, and it just, it, it's so funny that like, she's like, oh, you're going to change the world. Um, and then you <laughs> see like how, how, but like, it's, it's so true because it's like, I also feel like in a sense, um, we're limiting ourselves by having all these separate communities that don't merge together or that don't have yeah. that diversity, you know, because you're, you're, you're not opening up to other perspectives. And like, there's probably somebody in another group or whatever that it could actually help you catapult your business or whatever, but because you haven't crossed over, because you haven't invited them into the space or whatever, you'll never grow, I guess, for lack of better words. Like you'll never get to the next level that you're trying to get to. So, I mean, like diversity has been something that for the last couple of months has been like on my mind really heavy because I'm just like I really want to see more diversity and like collaboration in the space and I really want to yeah. not mm -hmm. you know I mean I'm sorry but for me the first thing I do when I see the conference lineup is see if someone looks like me <laughs> and if they know I know it, I know it's kind yep. of a turn off you know it's it kind is. of a turn off for lack of better words you know and so you know it's just I, I i always want to be mindful of that and so something that i'm really working hard on is to create that kind of space and so that's why i wanted to have this conversation with you about you know like how do you how do you navigate this space but i guess it, since it hasn't really been done enough you know we're, it's still kind of a gray area yeah it is a gray area and it's it's another another thing that i try to cover um is so I, I do have a workshop i do it's called representing while underrepresented excelling as the only one and that's where we talk about some of these things where we can excel being the only one in these spaces and and how do we bring more people into those spaces how do we empower ourselves to lead in these spaces mm -hmm. even though we are the only one and it and you know it, it sucks to be the only one but if we just sit around and say, okay, well, this sucks. I, I, either you need to leave or you have to make the most of it. And so, mm -hmm. and so that's why I do this workshop because I think, you know, people like, especially engineers, like I've done this with a lot of engineers and they really have no choice. I mean, that's the, that's what the industry is like. So how do you excel and how do you, how do you broaden it and how do you, how do you diversify it? And so, so it's these types of conversations, like, like, like the conference thing it's like you could look at it you could look at a brochure and you know you'll probably feel me here you look at it and you're like oh yeah that's the token black person for this conference. yeah we've got to stop that <laughs> there's the token latina you know yeah. come on like and, and a lot of times you don't even get the token latina right right so, what next right so so this is something that um this is what some of the outputs i hope to see of my work is that this is just a little bit more organic and it's not oh my gosh higher 20 percent people of color this year it's more like okay like how do we think let's let's this is omnipresent this is something we're always thinking about right, right? this is a habit so i just got to put myself in different spaces and spaces like if you're being intentional okay i might be the only person in this environment so how can i excel as the only one just to make it just to, just to start moving us forward right right i couldn't agree more I couldn't agree more. I'm so glad that we got to like touch on that. 
I mean, like, especially because I've been following you and I see what you talk about. I'm just like, I can't wait to have this conversation with someone that like gets it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard. Yeah. We're, we're stuck in our ways. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Well, really quick, at the end of each episode, I like to do a rapid fire round where I ask five questions. Um, they're just random questions and you just answer the first thing you can think of. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> they're not hard. I promise. They're not hard. <laughs> so question number one, what is your favorite color? Orange. Oh, okay. That's my sister's favorite color. Interesting. Oh, okay. yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. innovation. It means innovation and creativity. So I, I like oh, whenever really? I look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it symbolizes. I did not know that, but that makes yep. sense because she is very creative. Yep, yep, there you go. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, nice. Number two, what is a non-negotiable in your life? Oh, gosh. Uh, breaching my trust. Mm. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, I mean, that's a good one, though. Like, trust is a big deal. So, yeah. Like, yeah, trust is a big deal. Yeah. Okay, nice. Um, number three, what time do you wake up in the morning? Oh my gosh. Sometime between six and 7am. Oh my goodness. Too early. Everybody <laughs> I've talked to these past few days have been waking up before seven and I'm like, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So what is the last podcast you listened to or like your favorite podcast? Oh my gosh. I like side hustle pro. Oh my goodness. So, yeah. yeah. I love that one. Uh, that I had a, a friend that was on it and she, I didn't, I never heard of it until she went on it. And then I listened to most of the episodes. So yeah, I like that. And I also like women at work by HBR. That's oh, a really good I one too. That one. That's a it. very good one. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But I, I love, I love side hustle pro. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, like yeah. I, I think yeah. I've listened to like every single episode. That, that was <laughs> oh, <me> too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some two, some three times. Yeah. I know. Yes. Yes. Cause she, I mean, she really has some really great people on there and they have yeah. some really good conversations. I love that. That podcast. And then what was the other one again? Uh, it's, it's called women at work and it's an HBR podcast. Okay. Women at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's really that. good. Very good. And that, and, and I like that podcast too, because it, the, the women are diverse. So again, it feels organically diverse. They yeah. always get diverse perspectives. It doesn't Love feel it. tokenized. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check that one out. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> After this conversation yes. for sure. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Okay. And then the last question, this is one that I ask everyone is what does it mean to you to be a female creative or a female entrepreneur? Sorry. Can you repeat that one? Uh, what does it mean to you to be a female creative or a female entrepreneur? Yeah, it means that you are, you have no limits. You're, you're mm. living your dream and, and you have no limits and you're, you're, you're passionate and you're just going to keep going. That's what it means. Yes. I yeah. Agree. No that limits. Limitless. I love that. <laughs> so tell us really quick how we can keep up with you, maybe follow you on social media, um, your website, or, um, you know, any upcoming projects or anything you want to tell us about. Yeah, so I'm doing uh, several different keynotes this summer. So you could follow me on Instagram at Latanya Coaching. And I typically, that's L-A-T-O-N-Y-A Coaching. And I typically post everything on there. I'm also on LinkedIn. So feel free to follow me or connect with me on LinkedIn. And it's just LinkedIn.com, Latanya Wilkins. You can find me there. Um, those are the areas that I'm, I'm most active in. I'm, I also have a website. It's just LatanyaWilkins.com. And that's where I have lots of goodies. I have a blog. I have a, like I said, I wrote a white paper that's called Coaching Your Way to Success, Using Coaching to Engage Underrepresented Groups at Work. 
So you could find that on my website as well. And yeah, give me a shout. I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to, to have some, some new conversations. I'd love to hear about your businesses. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on here. I feel like our conversation was so insightful. Um, I mean, like I've been looking at your stuff and I'm just like, oh man, this is going to be a good one. And I'm so glad that we had all these, I feel like we had a bunch of micro conversations that just, <laughs> so that was really cool. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so yeah. thank you so much for coming on the show. And until next time, I will talk to you later. Okay. Sounds great. We'll see ya. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the She's a Creative Podcast. If you enjoyed this, let me know by sharing a review on iTunes or sending me a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and your favorite part. Go follow me on social media to get more inspiration, wisdom, and tips at She's a Creative Podcast or at Mrs. K. Hillman on Instagram. And check out the blog at She's a Creative.com. I love you, creative darling, so much. And until next time, keep building your creative dreams.